and welcome to this week's bonus episode of Lit Service, where we are fans of fiction and purveyors of dodgy writing advice. I'm Caitlin. I'm Kristen. And I'm Trisha. We're really excited to have Trisha Levenseller joining us for this bonus episode where we are going to be critiquing as many queries as we can in 20 minutes. I am especially excited to have Trisha on the show because she has a new book coming out next month called Blade of Secrets. You want to tell us about that, Trisha? So I write young adult fantasy books and my new book, Blade of Secrets, releases May 4th on Star Wars Day. Super excited about that. And it's about a socially anxious blacksmith who can craft magical weapons. Uh, One day she accidentally builds a too powerful sword and a warlord hears about it and wants to get her hands on it so that she can, you know, take over the world as warlords do. So poor Ziva has to go on the run, take the sword, keep it safe, um, keep it out of the hands of this dangerous warlord and leave everything that she's ever known behind and go on this grand adventure that she never signed up for. So it's full of action adventure, full of romance, uh, lots of banter, everything that I love to write and love to read. I'm super excited for this book. I was with Trisha on tour when she was first pitching this book to her editor, and I gave her all sorts of terrible ideas about what should go in the book. And I don't think any of them made it in, but (laughs) I will take credit for how good it is afterwards so it works out. Okay. Um, Okay, got it. (laughs) Okay, so let's just jump right into this. I'm going to set my timer for 20 minutes. The way we're going to do this is we're just going to read, and if anybody has something to say, they're going to jump in. And then if we have anything extra to say at the end, we'll do like a quick circle i don't know what metaphor i was going to use i was going to say circle the wagons but that's not right for the situation at all even a little bit so we'll 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 summarize at the end if we need to okay ready on your marks i don't have this set the right way to do that okay get set go insert title here is a ninety-seven thousand word adult speculative novel by author name redacted it has crossover potential into women's fiction and will appeal to readers who enjoy the speculative nature of station 11 as well as the character driven elements of books written by v schwab okay stop. When- okay <laughs> this is fantastic information and in the query you've got comp titles you've got a good author um to compare your book to uh, i do think this information is coming too soon in the query however we want to hear about uh what the book's about you want to throw in those nuggets that show the agent what makes your book different from all other books out there so while this is a very important paragraph i would put it down closer toward the end because you want to talk more about what kind of content is in your book to start okay when Katya's sister Mariel, Mariel is kidnapped by the man who killed their parents over a decade prior, she will do anything to get her back to their home with the wanderers. A smuggled note hints that not all is as not that all is not as it seems and forces Katya to reevaluate her own memory, her path forward, and the true meaning of family. That's a lot in one paragraph. So we have a man who killed their parents. She'll do anything to get back home with the Wanderers. I feel like that's kind of a throwaway. I don't know what that means to get back to her home with the Wanderers. A smuggled note hints that not as all as it, not all as it seems, which I don't know what what is. As, like, I don't know where our world is. You guys can jump in here anytime. I feel like this is formatted in a way that makes it seem like it's saying a lot, but it actually isn't telling me as much as it thinks it's telling me. Like, I would love to get more specific. What exactly about that note is not what it seems? And this last bit about Katya, like, having to reevaluate the meaning of family. We don't really need to know the themes of the book at this point. We just need to know what actually happens, and we... We just don't have a lot of information here about what the plot is. I actually like the detail about the Wanderers. I think that actually really clearly sort of ties me into this idea of Station Eleven being a good comp. And so to my mind, that tells me a little bit more than the smuggled note part or or 
the end of that sentence. I think what's not working for me with this paragraph is it's making me ask more questions than it is giving me answers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's uh, a lot of people want to be like, oh, there's a cool mystery in my book. And look, I'm going to hint at it. And it's like, okay, but you need to show me why this mystery is unique. You need to show me why it's interesting and why I want to read it. Because just having a, a mystery is not good enough. It's not enough for somebody to be like, okay, I want to know what the mystery reveal is. No, no, no. I want to know what the mystery is about. What does it concern? What, how, why is it interesting? Why do I need to read about it? And I feel like this isn't quite giving me that. We had an episode a little while about with back with Dongwon Song about how oftentimes it's not the mystery that propels reads for, readers forwards. It's the information that like the more information you give, the more interesting the story is, which I butchered what he said, but you should go back and listen to that episode and he'll say it way better than I did. <laughs> okay. So we're going to keep going. 23 year old Katya and her 13 year old sister, Mariel. Oh, okay. So that first one's like an elevator pitch. Okay. Yeah. Which is why I think it needs to go with the beginning. Cause that's supposed to be like the hook, but it, yeah. it, it was confused. It got kind of buried underneath that other information. Right. Okay. So 23-year-old Katya and her 13-year-old sister, Mariel, have lived with the nomadic outsiders known as the Wanderers for over a decade in the mountain forests of the Pacific Northwest after their home and family were destroyed by a ruthless local ruler. Actually, that's a lot of cool information. We know we're in our world, but in like a speculative version of it. When Mariel and, and also like parents, family, that's very close personal detail, I think. When Mariel is stolen away in the night, Katya is determined to rescue her at any cost until it becomes apparent that her recollection recollection of past events may not be as accurate as she thought. I actually really love that as a theme. With central themes around their sister relationship, dysfunctional families, trauma, and LGBT plus content, this book explores what it really means to be a family and holding on to hope in the darkest of times. Okay, that last paragraph is good. That's all good information to have. I do think the very first paragraph we read about it being a 97,000 word adult speculative novel, that needs to go at the end right before <laughs> the theme paragraph. Now that I know that that the second paragraph is more of like a like a hook, uh, I'm a little concerned that paragraphs two and three, the ones actually telling us what the books are about, are too similar. Uh, mm-hmm. The hook needs to be mm-hmm. punchier. It needs to be like, this is why the book's cool. And then the next paragraph needs to be, here are a few more details to to incite you, to you know, to make you want to read it. Um, but I feel like they're just the same thing. One's just with more detail. So it's not quite working yet. I agree. You only have 250 words in a query. And so if you're going to have a hook sentence, it needs to propel the reader forward rather than give them the same information twice. So yeah. Yeah. All right. I guess I'm reading the next one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Dear Agent. Aiden Renwick can't stop dying. I like that. Great hook. Perfect. (laughs) It's probably because he has a habit of bringing swords to gunfights, mixing drinking with dynamite, and starting a labor a labor revolution every time he stumbles into a new country. His fight for freedom in Imperial Russia is going as poorly as expected when Aiden is approached by a mysterious man offering a once in ten lifetimes opportunity. Assassinate the Tsar before Aiden's ageless rival turns him into an immortal pawn. But traversing Siberia with a man whose charm is as suspicious as his intentions may result in a fate worse than one more death. I think there's some really great voice stuff happening in this paragraph. I mean, you you never forget that Aiden is potentially immortal. He keeps dying and every sentence draws attention to that. Well, I really like that it says it without saying it too. Like there's no like dial back where they're like, this is a world where people can live more than one life. Like it's definitely in the text. And I like that a lot. Absolutely. 
and the voice coming through, it shows you a lot what the writing itself is going to be like. And I think if a reader, if a, if an agent likes the voice in this query, they're going to like the voice in the book itself. So that does a really good job coming forward. Um, Marin Santos has spent an endless life crushing enemies in service to her master, Rowan Bell. It's been 80 years since their plans were ruined by her former lover, Aiden. <laughs> but she's discovered one final fountain of youth capable of bestowing or revoking the gift of immortality. Nearing the dawn of a technological revolution, what once felt sacred is now within their comprehension and control. If they seize the source of their power, they control the course of human history. The only thing that can stand in their way is Aiden. Hmm. As, these, uh, as these immortal warriors collide, they'll have to reckon with the past while fighting for their vision of the future. Aiden must atone for abandoning his allies along the way while Marin tests the limits of her allegiance to her cause and her master. Yet the true nature of their immortality is more sinister than they know as they are not alone in their godhood. I think maybe we're going astray here a little bit. This is just me. You guys can argue all you want. I feel like in that first paragraph, we have like character, motivation, kind of. We have like forward momentum. And then as soon as we spin voice and when we switch to Marin, I feel like we lost that and now we're adding in another character. I personally really liked the way it was going at first, but I'm not sure I love the second paragraph because a query doesn't have to cover every single plot. You just have to cover enough of one that an agent's like, give me more. What do you guys think? Uh, I was just going to say, I think it's if, if this is just a dual POV story, I think it's important that we do get Marin's side of the story and what she's mm -hmm. going to be doing. I just struggle with the fact that it doesn't quite match the way Aiden's paragraph was laid out. I think if it was very clear, like, here's what she's going to be doing. Here's kind of what her voice looks like. But this felt more information heavy than voice uh, character driven heavy the way Aiden's paragraph was. So I would try to match that um, so that we kind of get the other side there. This is all good information to know. And it tells us a little bit more about the world, but it's kind of lacking that punchiness that the first paragraph had. Yeah, that's actually my, my thing about the third paragraph. The last sentence feels like it should be punchy, the they're not alone, they're godhood. But based on what we knew, I didn't think that they were. I mean, we get the first paragraph and Aiden is is immortal. He's causing revolutions once in 10 lifetimes. And then Marin's paragraph tells us that they've discovered one final fountain of youth, which implied to me that like there were lots and there was more than just the two of them. And then the third thing is like, oh, they're not alone. But I, I guess I just feel like I got that information out of order. If I knew that they were alone, that would that would hit stronger. But it didn't mean much to me because I wasn't aware that that was the case. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say I feel like in the first paragraph, I knew what the conflict of the book was going to be. In the second paragraph, I'm like, oh, here's the other side of that conflict. And then in the third one, I'm like, wait a second. I'm not sure I know. Like adding in the stuff about godhood and all of that other stuff and the limits of allegiance and abandoning his allies. It's, excuse me. It's adding information that we don't have context for. And, and I don't have enough information to care about any of those three things. When I was really excited about seeing those two characters pitted against each other before. So what do you guys think? Yeah, I agree. I can't quite tell what Marin is going to be doing in her mm -hmm. chapters. I read it and I'm like, okay, I get that she wants this and, and she's going to learn some stuff. But what does her chapter actually, or, you know, her chapters actually look at? Whereas Aiden's, it's very clear he's going to be traversing Siberia with this guy. Hurting <laughs> um, labor revolutions and blowing things up. Yeah. It was just all this fun stuff about his character. And you can tell exactly what kind of adventure you're going to be in for in his chapters. But I have like no clue what's going to come in with Marin's chapters. So yeah, I would definitely want something that, that shows more of that. Uh, last paragraph of this one. 
uh, Apotheosis is a 120,000 word adult historical fantasy told in multiple perspectives. It contains speculative elements blended with revolutionary political themes. This novel will appeal to fans of Netflix's The Old Guard. And this is how you lose the time war by Amal El Motar and Max Gladstone. Sorry, I butchered all of that, you guys. Uh, I was actually thinking about The Old Guard while I was reading this. I was like, I saw that. Um, yeah, so and I, like, I love I like this is comps. how you lose the time war. So the comps alone would have gotten me to read this. Okay, so yeah, solid, solid last paragraph. Mm-hmm. All right, should we move on to the next one? Mm-hmm. Okay, dear agent, we are seeking representation for our YA fantasy novel Trine, Trine, which is complete at ninety nine thousand words. Trine is the fifth element meets the Grishaverse and will appear to will appeal to fans of. Tomi Adeyemi's Children of Blood and Bone. I'm sure I did not say any of those things right, including the name of the book. 18-year-old Nia Pell's life is defined by walls, the towering concrete walls which confine her to an inconsequential life in a destitute border town, and the walls she built around herself to conceal a dangerous secret. Shaped early on by the trauma of her mother's death, Nia learned to keep her trust circle small, her dreams smaller, and most importantly, to hide her train abilities. Even Rin, her best friend, has no idea Nia can shift physical forms between legs and lungs to fins and gills, only to burst into the sky on shimmering wings. Lonely as it is to bear this secret, she must in order to survive in a world where the majority of the populace, souls, have lost their ability to shift. The few genetic aberrations who retain that power, trains, are viewed as deadly reminders of a war-torn past and are systematically hunted down. I just want to say I really like some of the writing in this. I do think it's... It's going a little bit long, but I love some of the connections that are being drawn, like the concrete walls to confine, oh, sorry, the walls she built around herself, and then the walls around the town, and then keeping her trust circle small, her dream small. Like, there's some lovely little writing things happening in there. Definitely. I do think it should be a little bit more concise for the sake of a query. Mm -hmm. Um, It is going on a little too long before we actually get to the plot of the novel. I still have no clue what this book is about. I just kind of know what the world is like, which is something we want to know. But I almost feel like this is something that should come after the plot so that I know like what kind of story I'm getting into. And then you can flavor it for me. Mm -hmm. It's almost like um, uh, synopsis territory because you need more context. Um, Nia successfully avoids detection until in a frantic effort to save Rin's life. She accidentally reveals her train status to him. Fortunately, Rin is, against all odds, also train in hiding. Unfortunately, he sees her revelation as a sign she should join his resistance. When he goes in search of three ancient relics with soul-destroying capabilities, his sloppy antics inadvertently expose, expose Nia to those in power. I'm going to say right here, this makes this sound like a really passive main character. Yeah, you're right. They're not being very proactive at all. Things are just happening to them. Mm-hmm. Using her grandmother's life as collateral, the souls force Nia to travel through the isolated realms of land, sea, and sky in a race to find the relics before Rin. Faced with navigating creature-filled sea trenches and towering sky cities, she must learn to use her long-feared abilities in a battle she never cared to fight. Along the way, she discovers a path which could lead to a better world and irrevocably change her place within it. I'm just going to pause for a moment before I forget what I was going to say, but when we have a a character who has to fight a fight she's not interested in, we need to know why she's interested in it. And I have no idea what has changed other than the fact that like her friend is trying to rope her into it. Um well her grandmother well, looks like they're holding her grandmother. Yeah. Oh, against you're right. Her, but you're right. Still I, I agree though. It does feel like a passive like in those like cho- those un uh 
unwilling hero chosen one types of stories like you need a lot of motivation for the character to like you need to have a lot of pressure on them we didn't even know she had a grandmother until this paragraph are they close i think i think maybe something that could help with with this is just reframing because right now the way that we're getting this query is the world building is sort of the main character we're finding out what's happening in the world and it would be a lot stronger I feel like if we focus specifically on Nia and what she wants what she needs what she is standing in her way of those things what happens if she doesn't get it and if the focus is mostly on that and the world building is sort of like context to help us understand her we'll we'll have a stronger query here there's just a lot of information here um (laughs) the fact that we have the souls we have Rin we have Nia we have uh the rebels like it's hard to keep track who's who like the souls are the rebels so it's like, it's not the people in danger. I don't know. It just feels very typical rebel story to me right now, right? Mm-hmm. It's the, the supposed good guys and the supposed bad guys, but the supposed good guys are now using her with her grandmother for collateral. So it's like, okay, not really the good guys. I don't know. It's just a little, it's a bit much and it's a bit stereotypical in that sense. And I just worry a little bit that that Nia's motivation is just not there. Because when we read about characters who are forced to do things every step of the way, it's just not that interesting to read about. Now I feel like I'm critiquing the book, not the Corey, and I feel bad. <laughs> but but I said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let, let's finish this up. In the end, Nia must decide if her walls will continue to define her. Will she throw her efforts into simply stopping Rin and going back to her old mundane existence? Or can she find the courage to heal a broken world that never wanted her in the first place? Yeah, that confused me. I thought the souls were the bad guys. Yeah, but I guess Rin is working with him, but he maybe turns against her. Yeah, it's too much information for a query. Just too much. Because I can't keep it straight. I feel like in a query, and I, you guys can argue with me if you want, but I feel like in a query, what you need to know is... A little bit about who the character is. You need to know uh, their motivation, what they want out of the world. And then you need to know what happens to them if they don't get it. And you can add in a tiny bit of world building. And then you can usually take it up to like the inciting incident. And then you leave it there at the inciting incident with the agent being like, what happens next? You know, because you want him to read the book to find out what happens next. I definitely agree. And this is taking us like above and beyond that for sure. I almost feel like I don't need to read the book because everything that happens is in the query. Not that like the end is revealed, but I'm like, okay, this is going to be a rebellion story. They're going to go on a race. They're going to fly. They're going to swim. You know, they're going to do the shifting thing. But what's that thing that makes it unique? You know, what's that thing that makes it so that I need to read this book? That's what I need in the beginning of the query. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking through this, trying to figure out which of these things is the inciting incident. And it's actually not clear. So just reframing with that in mind would be a, a thing to consider. Mm-hmm. Trine is a standalone with serious potential. Okay. Uh, just to be clear, because I feel like I said a lot of uh, critique things about this query. I think this world is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I think what's going on here is really, really cool. I do think we're just seeing a few stereotypical things and we're not seeing the, the heart of this book pulled out mm-hmm. to the surface so that this query really shines. But I do think it has some promise for sure in this concept. Mm-hmm. And I just want to make sure to say that. <laughs> I think that it really helped me when I was first writing queries to take one plot. I mean, because my books are long and crazy and have lots of plot in them. I would just take one of them and I would say, this is the only thing I'm introducing in this query. And I'm going to take it up to the inciting incident of that one thing. And then I leave everything else out. I had to do that in synopsis too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. Synopsis are the devil. The worst yeah, we thing. hate those. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Shall we move on to the next one? We have time for more than three. That's great. 
Yeah. Let's, Actually, let's no, we don't. We're counting down oh. from four, three, two. Okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much for submitting these. Maybe we'll do another one of these later because there's a couple more here. But yeah, really glad to read your work. Best of luck on all of your querying stuff. I hope this is helpful and we'll see you in two weeks or in a week. I can't remember where we are on the schedule. 